<laughs> Welcome to Dad's Clapping. <laughs> out of time. Yeah. <laughs> no time like out of time. And then I said to the missus. like a really terrible everyone and happy father's day to all the fathers out there love your papas that's i'm sitting here with two papas as well we've got Chai here. you're a father aren't you i am yes welcome and tim here you're a father as well uh, yeah papa beal hearts papa beal hearts yeah, right. i like that i call my um dad he's like grandpa name is big puppy yeah nice yeah, people, big puppy yeah yeah big he puppy. didn't want it and then his kid my kids started calling him that and they're like a big puppy. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll take that. Can't say no to that. Can't, <laughs> yeah, say, no. can't say no to that. Uh, happy Father's Day, as we said. Uh, did you get any good presents? Uh, yeah, yeah, presents were good. Yeah, yeah. good presents. Yeah, <laughs> what about mind. you, Tim? <laughs> I got caught out of this last week with uh, my birthday. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've, I've got really good presents. They were excellent. Thank oh, you. Yeah, and thank you to my family for my presents too, yeah, guys. Really we love them. Thank it. you. Yeah, thank you. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of fathers, our Heavenly Father is something we always like to talk about at church. Surprise, yep. surprise. Um, and something we're going to talk about in Hebrews uh, today is uh, faith. Because yep. that's what chapter 11 starts with, Joy. Yeah, yeah. Now, what is or isn't faith? Can you can you help us to give us a bit of a precursor to what we're going to talk about this whole uh, gathering? Sorry, I couldn't remember <laughs> the word. Gathering. This thing that we're doing. Yes, this thing. Uh, we're yeah, well, we're going to be talking about faith as what... Hebrews 11 is all about. But yeah, it's a good question. What, uh, I guess, what do we, what do people normally think faith is? Uh, I don't know, Tim, I've, I've heard people talk about faith as kind of like blind faith. You kind of just jump in the dark. I don't know if you heard other people describe faith in ways that are not necessarily what faith is. Uh, yeah, unhelpful ways to think about faith. Yeah, I think that a lot of people will think that um, faith is when you you don't have any reasons for believing something, mm. um, and so therefore you just believe it by faith. Um, you, you've you've either got reasons or you've got faith, uh, and they seem to be opposed to each other. Is, yeah. is a common way of understanding. Uh, I don't think that's at all how the Bible uses the word though, which you're going to be talking about. Yeah, later. yeah, 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 yeah. So that kind of fingers crossed. You know, almost that uh, that idea that. You know, I've got no evidence that my team's going to win on the weekend, but I, I have faith in them. I've got all my toes and fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I could do that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, can you actually do that? Oh, I can do it on that one. I don't know if I can yeah. do it. Yeah. I feel like a ninja turtle. Yeah, I'm not even going to try. I feel like I'll break something. <laughs> this really is the, the dad show. <laughs> Let me tell you some bad jokes. Um, uh, the only thing I was going to ask you also with that, about that, Jai, was that we can also like make faith a little bit academic especially as christians we mm. can just go like oh yeah it's something we speak about in the bible but um i think you're going to probably say that's probably not the best way to think about it yeah i think um uh, tim moves in more academic circles than i do uh but <laughs> the um yeah, we tend to i think we do sometimes talk about faith more academically than practically uh sometimes um we, we want to describe it and we want to uh, I guess understand what the Bible says about it, but actually putting into practice sometimes is the bit that we sometimes miss. Not always, but um, sometimes we can kind of skim over that bit. Yeah, I don't, anybody reckon, Tim? 
Yeah, academic, man. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, I spent a bit of time with academics, but I also spent a lot of time with kids. And yeah. so as I talk to uh, my own kids, talk to my scripture class, um, kids at Soul Revival, um, basically faith, uh, I talk about three things. It's, it's knowing, it's loving, and it's obeying King Jesus. Mm. Um, there, it's those three things. And I think that's how the Bible uses the word faith, um, is that it's the stuff that we know about Jesus. Uh, that's super important. Um, but it's not just knowledge. Mm. It's also how we love him. It's the relationship we have with him, mm. um, which makes it different to like knowledge of Shakespeare or knowledge of Caesar. Like you can know stuff about them, but that's not how we know Jesus. We we know stuff about Jesus, yes, um, but we have a living relationship with him. Um, but it's not just that. We also follow him. We also obey him. Mm. Um, and you know, Jesus says, "If you love me, you'll keep my commands." Um, and so those three things together is how the Bible uses that word faith so it's knowing it's loving and obeying mm. king jesus mm. yeah that was a really good way to remember i'm gonna i'm gonna store that in the back of the in the, in the <laughs> data just, just have that as a sermon and we're done I yeah well, maybe, maybe. Like thanks better. guys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh well we will actually wrap this uh segment up but um before you do make sure you get your bibles out open up to hebrews 11 whether it's on your phone or the paper version and we're going to read that now and Lizzie's going to read it for us Thank you. Uh, I'm with Lindsay. How are you going, Lindsay? I'm going very well, thanks, Joe. That's good. And uh, you're normally at our Cronulla campus and not able to meet at the moment. How how are you and Ian going, though? We're going well. Um, Ian's working from home, of course, along with everyone else. Yep. Um, I, I spend quite a bit of time in the garden. Yeah. We go for the yeah. bushwalk at yeah. weekends, been out in the kayak. Oh, um, nice. Where are you going kayaking? Yeah. Uh, we go down on the hacking. It's, um, it's just beautiful. Oh, very good. And quite busy, actually. <laughs> yeah, lots of people out and about at the moment. That's 100% sure. Yes. Uh, what's, yes. What's, uh, what's something in the garden that is going particularly well at the moment? Oh, I'm getting a lovely crop of onions coming on, and um, I've been picking silver beets, a lot of that, yep. snow peas. Oh, nice. Um, the broccoli is finished. So I've got seedlings of carrots coming up and um, some tomato seedlings. Oh, very good. Waiting to go in. Awesome. So it's all happening. Very good. That sounds <laughs> sounds like it's all action in the garden at the moment. It is, yes. Uh, oh, very good. Well, you're going to read for us from Hebrews 11. Uh, I might throw to you. Thanks, Lindsay. All right. Thanks, Joe. Our reading is from Hebrews chapter 11, going from verse 1 through to verse 19. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith he still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith Enoch was taken from this life, so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark 
to save his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundation, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was unable to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Hit it! <laughs> like th- now, he's going to. Oh. <laughs> Lionel, just let him do it. Shh, Lionel. Silence. Coffee. Coffee. And start the segment. Start the YouTube thingy, <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> like, subscribe, ding, ding. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. It is great to be here with uh, Lionel. Good day, Lionel. Hello, Tim. Hello, everybody. And back with Joel as well. Hello, everybody! Hey, hey, hey! Hey, we've been talking about uh, it's Father's Day today. Yeah, uh, Father's Day! Happy Father's Day! Happy Father's Day! <laughs> is there is there anything uh, special that you've done with your dad this weekend? Yes. What did you do? I made him breakfast in bed. Oh, that Ooh. sounds exciting! What did you make yeah. him for breakfast? I made him marshmallow toast. Oh. <laughs> Okay, how, does that, how do you make marshmallow toast? You get marshmallows and put it in the toaster. <laughs> right. <laughs> make a mess. <laughs> I, I, I say, can imagine. You're going to need a new toaster after that, aren't you? Yep. <laughs> right, is that, then did you buy your dad a toaster for Father's Day? How did you guess? <laughs> <laughs> Needed a reason. Uh, well, you didn't start a fire or anything doing that, did I you? I didn't start the fire. No, Billy Joel did. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Billy. Good <laughs> uh, on your bill, fire up. Um, and uh, and what else are you doing today to celebrate uh, your dad, Lionel? 
We are having a picnic. Oh, that sounds exciting. On the balcony. Yeah, good, because we can't really go anywhere else, can we? Nope. Yeah, okay. Um, that's awesome. What's your dad's favourite food? Anchovies. <laughs> Blah. <laughs> Don't like them. He does. So you can make him an anchovy sandwich? Can you do that? I don't know. I'm asking well, you. I don't know. I don't <laughs> like anchovies. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't recommend putting them in the toaster. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have to buy another one then. Yeah, they wouldn't go well with the marshmallows. No. Oh, yeah. yucky. <laughs> <laughs> anchovies. Okay. Um, what, are uh, you, what, what about you? What are you doing, Tim? What am I doing for Father's Day? Uh, well, again, not much. We're kind of hanging out at home because that's where we're limited to. But, um, yeah, we'll hang out together as a family. Might play a board game later today. Um, maybe go out for the park for a bit of a run around. Nice. Yeah, what about you, Joel? Mm, I think I'm going to sunbake. Sunbake? <laughs> sunbake. I've got to work on my tan, you know, get ready for summer. Wait, when spring, we open up. Sorry? It is spring. Yeah, so when we open up, I've got that hot summer dad bod ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> or a sunburn one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It might be as a sun cancerous one. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Joel, use you sun any- cream, guys. I should say, put sun cream on. Absolutely, you. yes. Use your sun cream. Slip, slap, slap. Yep, yeah. and wrap. Hey, Joel, there's, um, I mean, you are a dad. True. Um, but when I think about you and I think about dads, there's, there's one common thread between them is that dads and Joel, you, you're very, very funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even long before you were a dad, you were a very, very funny man. Thank um, you. you got lots any, of practice. Lots of practice. Um, any, good, any good dad jokes you, you've got to, that you can share with us? Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because I probably am uh, quite opposed to dad jokes. Oh, you don't like the dad joke. However, I will share one from my dad. The big puppy, as we like to call him. Hi, big puppy! So here's one. Is the, the, a duck walked into a, a chemist and he said, I'll have some lipstick, please. And they said, oh, would you like to pay cash or credit? And he's like, no, thanks. Just put it on my bill. Ha <laughs> <laughs> That's funny! That is a good yeah, one. Yeah, he loves that joke. And he makes it out like it's his own, but it isn't. Yeah, you reckon you're taking it from somewhere else. Yep. What about you, Lionel? Have you got uh, any, any good dad jokes? your dad tell jokes? Yep. Yeah, you got one you want to share with us? Yep. Okay. Go for it. Now? Yeah, right now. Well, this one is from my friend Tim Anderson. Yeah, good on you, Tim. What happens when you cross a vampire and Frosty the Snowman? <laughs> what do you get when you cross a vampire with Frosty the Snowman? Mm. Frostbite! No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. That is very good. Um, it's not I'll, that good about Tim. <laughs> well, it's a dad joke. Yeah, <laughs> no. It's great. Um, I'm going to share another one from Tim Anderson. Shout out to Tim. He's been doing a funny dad joke. Good on you, Tim. Um, keep it up, Tim. Keep it up. Keep yep. it up all through lockdown. Here was uh, one that he shared the other day. Uh, a ship carrying red paint and a ship carrying blue paint collide in the middle of the ocean. Oh, no. Both crews were marooned. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, I get it. <laughs> What do you get it? Are you sure you get it there, Lionel? It's a colour. <laughs> and what happens to people when they're stuck? That's right. That's right. It's a word with two meanings. That's the, that's the basis of a good dad joke. Yeah, that's right. Hey, um, Multi-levels, like an onion. Lots of levels. Lots of, at least two Parfait. layers. At like least two parfait. layers. Yeah, like a parfait. Mm. Look, um, 
<laughs> as we think about Father's Day, uh, of course, um, it's great to celebrate the dads, uh, the granddads, the father figures that we have in our life. Um, but all of us as Christians have another reason to celebrate on Father's Day, and that's because we have Father God. Mm. We have God the Father um, who loves us and loves us all. And for, the, uh, for whoever we are, whether we've had really awesome dads in our lives or whether we've had absent dads, uh, whether our experience of fatherhood has not been excellent, God promises that he is the perfect father. Um, and I know I've got a really great dad, um, but he wasn't perfect um, because he was human, uh, just like everyone else. But it's great that we have God the Father, the Father in heaven, who actually is the perfect dad. Uh, the dad to all who are part of God's family, which is really awesome. Mm. That's super cool. It is super, super cool. Super duper <laughs> cool. Just like your dad. Yeah. Just like your dad, Lionel. <laughs> yep. Hi, Dad. I hope you're having a great Father's Day. We are going to continue our time together by uh, going to a song. Yay, singing.
Welcome back, everyone. I'm rejoined on the panel by Jai, who left while uh, Lionel came in because they they don't get on too well. But uh, we've also got Tim here rejoining us again. It's good to have you as well. Thanks, Joe. Did you enjoy your time with Lionel? I always enjoy my time with Lionel. Yes, yeah. me too. Yeah, when I'm not I, quite sure I'm what Lionel and Jai have. That we tried to get them together a few weeks back, and it didn't go heated. Didn't go great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. try to be a pacemaker. But yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. It's, it's because I'm starting to get hairier than him. I think he's oh, feeling a bit, a bit jealous. Yeah, yeah. that's threat. Oh, I think so. I think so. Goodness me! Is that why you keep the hat on as well? Just like oh, <laughs> don't want to escalate things too much. No, the, the hair is for everybody else's. He's <laughs> <laughs> just not. It's not cooperating. I you should go just shave the whole thing. It's COVID like cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that be. You look pretty cool. And then you've got the beard and the and the bald head. You could be a bald. Oh, yeah, yeah. you could be. A I don't know if I've got the ears for a bald head. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know until you try it. That's true. Yeah. I don't want to try it. Now, <laughs> now is the. It couldn't be a better time than now to try that. True. Anyway, <laughs> you're going to talk to us about Hebrews 11. Yeah. Uh, what's the What is the writer of Hebrews uh, telling us in this passage? Yeah, that's um, that's a good uh, question, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, what we've got um, in Hebrews 11 is actually, uh, I think. Um, What's wonderful about Hebrews 11 is it's a lot about faith, but I think what the writer of Hebrews is doing for us is not so much giving us a definition of faith, but giving us a description of what faith does or how faith works, what it looks like in action, which is why he gives us the big long list uh, that we've got here in Hebrews 11. So if you read through the whole thing, uh, even gets towards the end and it's almost like the writer has gone, oh, there's just so many people that I could put in here. I can't put them all in, but here, you know, he almost says, I'm not going to tell you more, but then tells you about a few more. Yeah, he has a fair crack yeah. at it. <laughs> so yeah. like, yeah, you're still going. Anyway, yeah. um, but even there still, it feels like there's still more that he could add, uh, which is really cool that we've got so many uh, who have come before us, uh, or in, in the Old Testament anyway, of uh, who demonstrated this faith in action. And that's what I think the writer of Hebrews is really wanting to show us is what faith looks like in action. Um and he does that through these faithful people, but he also does it too because not only do we need that encouragement, but the people he wrote this letter to uh, needed that too because we, we kind of jumped past Hebrews 10 a little bit. Like we talked about the first bit last week, but we didn't talk about much about the second half of Hebrews 10 where the writer of Hebrews is encouraging the, the this Jewish uh, these Jewish Christians, uh, the converted from Judaism, now following Jesus, and are facing great persecution. And there is a great temptation to throw Christianity away and go back to their old way. And the writer of Hebrews in, at the end of uh, the second half of chapter 10 is encouraging them, or in warning them even, to not shrink back in their faith. 
because by shrinking back in their faith, they, they won't grab a hold of the promises that God has given them. And so there is this warning at the end of chapter 10, which is then followed by a positive encouragement or a positive reinforcement or example of what it is to not shrink back, but to take a stand in faith. Uh, I wonder, guys, if, as parents, it's Father's Day, have you had moments uh, with your kids where you've kind of done that double Whack the microphone. That double kind of uh, teaching, where you've spoken about a warning or a negative, and then spoken about positive, how where it's gone well or something like that, uh, with your kids when something's happened. You go first. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, I did just throw you. Yeah, you just, <laughs> just throw me under, under, the, under the truck. Um, it's better than a bus, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, just, I mean, I've kind of a benign example, really, but there's, you know, uh, uh, I mean, brushing teeth is one of those things. You just kind of, you, you, it's the encouragement. It's the, you know, this is, this is something we do and it's good for you and you just got to do it. Mm. Um, and, you know, when the inevitable, but why comes, um, says, well, well, there's, you know, there's thing, good things that benefits from actually doing it uh, and there are bad things from, not doing it, you mm. know, and, and you know, trying to explain particularly to very young kids about dental health and hygiene <laughs> is pretty <laughs> difficult. But, you know, you're, you're building those routines and you're building in um, the system that actually, you know, we just do this regularly. It's just a part of life. Mm. Um, but there are, there's, I guess, the warning of, you know, what will happen if, if we don't follow these instructions um, and, and the good things to expect if we do. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking about... That question. I hope this applies. I'll see if this example applies. So my son Leo, he's um, he's very mathematically minded. He loves he loves maths. It is, you know, you ask people about what your passion is. His answer will be maths. Yep. His best friend at school last year said he's going to be a mathematician. You know, <laughs> so um, he's very very black and white. Answers are always black and white. And then I think about when he's uh, trying to win games or school goals when he's playing soccer. He's only seven. Um, and that he gets upset when he can't be sometimes can't be perfect can't get can't um, do exactly what he wants to do mm. and I say well that's that's because you know you did this right and you did really well but we've got to keep practicing that mm. you've got to keep practicing that and because he's mathematically minded I use the concept of compounding to ex- explain that to him if, if you understand that like you know you earn interest on something and then it compounds so that the interest is earning on a bigger amount mm. so I t- try and explain that to him um, when you're practicing skills or you're practicing everything else. And I think that it also applies to our faith. Mm. It's the same thing. We're talking in Hebrews about, um, sorry, the writer of Hebrews is talking about how we, we need to mature in our faith. We mm. can't stay on spiritual milk. It's the same thing. It's like the more we read, the more we pray, the more we remain faithful to God. It's compounding our faith, which is where I know that um, you're going to start talking about how that's where we get our strength from too. And mm. I think, mm. I don't know if that was an example that was great, but I think um, that's that's what made me think of it when you asked me about being a father. Yeah, no, look, I think that's super helpful. And I think um, that's the reason why the, the writer of the Hebrews, I think, puts it this way. He gives us the warning and then the, uh, the positive side of it as well. So that um, it, it, so that it actually, I guess, gives them or deepens their confidence uh, in God's promises so that they will stop doing one thing and do more of the other. Mm, so that. the idea is stop uh, sin less and trust more in God. 
I think that's the, the idea that the writer of Hebrews is getting across here in this chapter. So let's have a look at uh, Hebrews 11 and start at the first, ver- uh, first couple of verses. I'm going to read verses 1 and 3. And really, that's what I'm going to focus on, just those three verses, because that informs uh, everything else that goes on in this chapter, actually, I think. So let's just have a look. Uh, chapter 11, verses 1 to 3. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope, what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what, what, was, what was visible. Sorry about that. <laughs> but, uh, um, and so it's a very interesting way to start off a chapter. Uh, what we find the, the author of Hebrews here is, is saying that the faith is confidence in what God has promised and it's a, it's a confidence knowing that what God's promised will happen. They're certain that it will happen, that it will be fulfilled. And that that hope that they have is grounded in the one who is giving the promises. It's grounded in the object of their faith, which is a faithful God, a God who has been true to his word from day one. Everything God has said would happen has happened. Every promise he has made has come true. And so therefore, there is this encouragement to keep trusting those promises right to the end because there are promises that God makes to us that we may not see why we are alive on this earth. And this is what we find with the, uh, the, the men and women that are mentioned in, uh, in Hebrews 11. That there are things that God talks about in the future and asks people to trust and have faith in him that they, that they will be fulfilled. And so... Uh, I think this this kind of setting up really well the examples that he gives because I think we, we, we struggle with this idea of having faith in something that we can't see. And in fact, we will even see, say things like, uh, I won't believe it until I see it. And, um, you guys heard that phrase, you know, seeing is believing, something like that. Have you ever had a moment uh, where someone's told you something and you've gone, ah. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, you had something like that happen. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, I can't think of an exact example, but um, I know that you were talking about on Saturday that it's like your kids come and say, well, this happened. And you're like, I don't know if I believe you because I haven't seen it actually happen. Mm. And then sometimes it is true and sometimes it isn't true. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what I, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Anything you got to add there, Tim? Uh, I remember when I was a kid in primary school, um, I had a friend who told tall tales. Um, just I think he was always just trying to impress, um, get attention. Get attention. Um, and he, in all seriousness, was trying to convince me that he had the, the last living dinosaurs as pets in his, <laughs> his house. Um, and he was dead set serious. Like, yeah. and, uh, and it, But I remember even like as an eight-year-old or however I was just going, yeah, I'm... I'm pretty confident, you know, and I, I believe it when I see it. Yeah, that was the because what he was saying was just so extraordinary um, and so out of this world. I remember uh, there's that scene in in Kenny where oh, yeah, his yeah. son, I think, asks him about God. He's like, "Well, I'll believe in God. I can't. I'm not going to get it 100 percent right." But he's like, "Well, when God reveals Himself fully to me, then I'll take time to believe in Him or something like yeah, that." Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's uh, the the interesting thing there is you were talking about the confidence thing. Um, Joy, and I think that's a that's a different thing of just having a blind faith. Mm. Which we were talking about before is the confidence, and you spoke about it too, Tim. Of like, we know that something's going to happen because, mm. as the writer saying, 
every promise God has made, he has fulfilled. He has stuck to his promise. Yeah. And I think even being, we talk about you know, our Heavenly Father and also it's Father's Day. It's like, well, um, sometimes that makes me think, do I deliver on my promise to my kids too mm. sometimes? Mm. And I, I, I try to, but I don't mm. know if we always do. And I think it's an interesting lesson to look at what God does when you compare to us as humans, as, yeah. as sinful mm. fathers as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that, um, that impacts our understanding of, the, of uh, the way that we are faithful to God's promises or trusting God's promises because we're used to promises being broken. Mm-hmm. And so we're almost expecting God to break, our, uh, break his promise. When I think throughout the, throughout the Bible, we, uh, there's not, a, not that I'm aware of, um, a single moment where God's promised something and doesn't come true on that promise. Um, in fact, that's the, the great thing of these, uh, these Old Testament heroes that we have in Hebrews 11 is that they were promised something that they didn't see. Like Abraham, for example. You know, what are the three promises? you I'll test your Sunday school knowledge oh here. The three promises know. to Abraham. Go on, Tim. Land, offspring, blessing. Okay. Yeah. Now, did he live to see those? Kind mm. of, not really. Yeah, not yeah, really. Right. Kind yeah. of, not really, right? So there are the three promises made to Abraham that God fulfills and does, like it all happens, but Abraham actually doesn't see the fullness of that. He gets a glimpse of it, but he doesn't see it in all its fullness. Yet they, yet Abraham and many others in similar sort of situation are here as illustrations of faithfulness, of faithfully having that confidence in God to deliver on his promises in the unseen. I, I, love, the, I love how Noah's in here because mm. could you imagine God coming to Noah and saying, Noah, I need you to build a big ark because it's going to flood. And Noah almost looking up and going, there's not even any clouds, like... Really? Like I'm, in that, the, I'm in land. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, not much water around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, but still there is that faithfulness of Noah to build an ark in the middle of, you know, on dry ground in the middle of nowhere without probably even seeing any rain around. But there's that faithfulness to do something, uh, to, to trust in a God even in the unseen things. And, and, that's, and that's why I think is really important that we have Hebrews 11 because we find what faith looks like in action. It's not just in the things that we can see around us, but it's also faith in the things that we can't see, but God is working and has promised and has his hand on because he's the God who's working out all things for his will and for his good uh, and gracious, awesome uh, glory and for his purposes. And so it's, it's fantastic that we have this here, but there's also... Uh, the reward that is promised to these Old Testament heroes and to us, that we will one day receive this reward that will be an everlasting, eternal reward. And so therefore we can have this assurance and this confidence that we find here in Hebrews uh, 11 verse 1. This, this faith that has confidence that what is hoped for will become a reality. And a faith that uh, also is assured that the, the unseen promises of God will be fulfilled. Now, what we find, what I, f- I find really encouraging after having that, that warning and that, in, uh, I guess, that, uh, I guess, being told not to do something, but then these examples, is that we find too that with these Old Testament heroes, we see what faith looks like, that it's not some sort of static knowledge. Like, Tim, what are your three things? Uh, knowing, loving, obeying. Yeah, so it's not just about knowing. 
And so faith is, is more than just that. It's almost like a static thing now. Like mm. you can know something and not really do anything with it. And these uh, faithful Old Testament heroes take that knowledge and actually put it into action, into practice in their life. Um, and, and so what we find is that the, this faith is actually something that's lived out in obedience to God's word, which is all three of the things that mm. you mentioned there, which is really, really helpful. Um, now, Joel mentioned before about uh, faith and power. I couldn't think of a better illustration than this one uh, that I only use again. And that is that um, but when we, we put our faith in, in God, it's, it's a little bit like the faith that I put in my mechanic. Because I, I, when it comes to cars, there's, I just, there's nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> I, I can start it. I can drive it. Drive it. <laughs> well... <laughs> sometimes well um, I can reverse I can go forward I can put the blinkers on the lights on those sorts of things but as soon as the engine light comes on or whatever else I'm like I don't know what else to do something happens in my house where something breaks I go well I'm going to have a crack at fixing it what's the worst that could happen I have to get someone in to actually fix my mistake but it still gets fixed a car I feel like it's a little bit more a bit, I don't know there's a bit more at stake, at stake in, with a car like not just me, but everyone around me. You've got to get it to the mechanic. We've got to get it to the mechanic. Yeah, all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, when my car breaks down, I trust my mechanic will do what needs to be done to fix it. He, he has the skills. He has the competency. Uh, I have faith in his ability to do it. Now, if I drove it to him, but I didn't give him the keys, <laughs> then it really doesn't show much, of, much faith in him at all. It actually says, yeah, I kind of, in practice or in, in theory, I have faith in you, but practically I don't. And, uh, and what we find with uh, Hebrews 11 is that not only is the car handed over to God, but the keys as well. Mm. And I think that's sometimes something we struggle with. Yeah, I've give, I, I have faith in God. We hand God the car, but we hold on to the keys sometimes. Mm. We don't want to release full control. We want to keep some of that control. And that's actually not living out faith. That's still that static kind of knowledge, uh, academic thought kind of idea of, of what faith is. And so... Um, these, these guys are, uh, and ladies are a wonderful proof of what it is to hand over everything to God and to have faith in him, to have confidence in him. In fact, we see that, that this faith of these Old Testament heroes is actually commendable. Uh, they are con- uh, considering what they actually, well, I guess the amount that they are, uh, is just a small glimpse is what I'm trying to say of, of what is to come they get this, just this tiny taste, this tiny glimpse of what is to come, the, of the promises, but yet they still give themselves to God in full faithfulness in, anticip- and in anticipation of something greater to come. In fact, that's how Hebrews 11 finishes in verse uh, 39, 40, where it says, uh, these were all commended, so all these people that have been listed, were commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, as we mentioned, even, even Abraham. Then verse 40, since God had planned something better for us, so that not only to, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. So there's something that waiting for them and for us where we will all experience this together, and this will be awesome. And so what we find actually here in Hebrews 11 is the Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews is actually not uh, the, the point is not that faith creates things that we hope for. I guess that's, that's one of the big things. It's not that I have faith and, I, and my, if my faith is strong enough, then the things that I hope for will come to be. It's not, that's not the, the type of faith here. It's, it, that's, that's kind of a false sense of faith. Faith here is actually putting faith in something or someone that is more powerful than us. 
and this is the, uh, again uh, to use the, the car illustration. If you're going to hook a caravan or a trailer up to a to a tow ball of a car, there's a, a coupling part on the on the trailer or the caravan that goes over the top of the tow ball. Now the the coupling part doesn't actually have power itself, but it hooks it so it connects itself up to the thing that has power, which is the car. The car is the thing that that tows the caravan, that tows the car. It is the thing that has the strength and the power to do so. The, cup, the, the coupling part, all it does is it latches on, it holds onto the thing that is strong, that has the strength. And our faith is like that. Our faith is, is to, to grab hold of the one who is strong enough to deliver on his promises, to actually uh, to, to drive us, to, to lead us, to strengthen us, to go through all the ups and downs of life. As I said earlier, the end of chapter 10 of Hebrews, we actually find that the, the early church, uh, these uh, Jewish converts, were actually going through great persecution. They were losing uh, income. They were losing their property. Uh, they were losing the, the clothes on, the, on their backs even. And they are told to remain faithful because it's not that the, that the faith will make things better or give them things that they, that they are losing the idea is that the faith is a thing that actually helps them endure and not shrink back, which is these uh, Old Testament heroes here in Hebrews 11 went through horrible things, difficult things. Uh, the persecution that, that Noah, fen- uh, Noah faced, I'm sure at points he would have just wanted to down tools and go, that's it, I'm not building this ark, that's enough, I'm done. But in faith he endured. It was the faith in, a, in, a, in, in God who is strong and mighty and fulfills his promises. That is what kept... Uh, Noah going. It wasn't the strength of his faith, but the strength of the one who his faith was in, if that makes sense. And it's, it's wonderful because what we actually find is this chapter is actually not about the heroes of faith, but it's actually about the, the hero that gives faith to his people. The actual hero of chapter 11 is God because he's the one who gives faith and strengthens faith. He's the one who, who makes the promises in fact, he's the one that, that promised that one day he will send the perfect sacrifice. In fact, Jesus comes to be part of that fulfillment of the promise. So we talked before about evidence and, not, and, and you know, blind faith and those sorts of things. Jesus actually becomes the evidence of our faith because God promised he would send his son and he sent his son. Do we need any more uh, proof that God fulfills his promise. No, because he sent his son and he said that he's going to send his son back to come again, to bring us home to glory, to, to bring in this world to an end, to, to welcome us into glory. Because he sent him once, he will send him again and that's the promise. And because he came true on that promise the first time, we can trust that he will come true on that promise a second time. This uh, wonderful chapter of Hebrews is about how we can put our faith in such a strong and mighty God. No matter how big or little, how strong or weak our faith is, it, what matters is who we put our faith in. The, uh, Abraham, at, a couple of times throughout his story, tried to convince people that Sarah, his wife, was actually his sister not really demonstrating a great deal of faith in God looking after them in that situation. But yet 
he is in this list of those who are faithful. And so for us, I guess, as we um, finish up this little bit, is to, to really ask the question uh, of ourselves. And that is that, is faith, uh, or sorry, does, does my life demonstrate faith in active obedience like the heroes of the Old Testament in Hebrews 11? Does my life demonstrate an active obedience, a faith of active obedience? And if not, now is a good time as any to actually come before God and ask for that faith because faith is that gift from God so that we can hold firm to him and trust in him. I better pray. Dear God, we thank you for uh, this wonderful list of those who have gone before us who have been faithful to you. Father, thank you for the work that you have done in them as you have promised to them and remained faithful to your promises. Father, we thank you for the promises that you have made to us and how you remain faithful to them. Father, we pray that even, even now, Father, as we might even question whether you are a God that does keep his promise, Father, we pray that you would see, uh, show us through your word and through your son and through your spirit that you will always keep your promise, that you will never leave us or forsake us, that you will carry us home on that wonderful, glorious day when we will see you face to face. And that is the promise. And may we hold firm to that. Amen. I think you joined. That was a fun discussion yeah. amongst the sermon. It was really cool. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, I was going to ask the question, and you just prayed about it. Then uh, we, we, talk, we were talking about how God never breaks his promise. Mm. But because we're sinful human beings, it's almost like we question whether he will. Mm. Do you think that's one of the reasons why we struggle to remain faithful at all times because we're always thinking oh will he like well, we're not thinking but we're tempted to think will he actually keep his promise yeah i think sometimes we can we fall into that that trap um i think sometimes we we can think or we, we look at the promises made by people around us and how people fail us mm. um but i also think too that when promises when there are promises made uh in regards to unseen things it becomes really difficult because what we can do is we can start to judge the situation we're in and think, well, God's not here. God's not doing, like God's left me or God's not doing anything here. Um, when in fact, maybe he is doing something, but we just can't see it. Um, so I think that there, yeah, I think we, we can fall into that trap sometimes because God's not right there. We can, yeah, I think, our faith can dip a little bit in, in trusting him. Mm. I thought it was like um, uh, very much linked to that was like your analogy of the caravan and in terms of like our faith doesn't increase our power. It doesn't increase our strength. Mm. It's Our faith is what we're given a gift from God, but also that's where all of our strength comes from. Mm. I don't know if that was um, struck a chord with you as well there, Tim. What do you reckon? Yeah, I really like the mechanic uh, picture. <laughs> that, that kind of, I mean, again, the keys over. Well, handing the keys over, yeah. But and once I've handed the keys over to my mechanic, and I'm like you, I've got no idea about cars, um, but I hand the keys over. Um, at that point, it doesn't matter whether I'm sitting at home wondering, or oh, I, I don't know if he can fix it or not, or whether I really strongly believe. Actually, mm. at that point, my belief about the, whether the mechanic can fix my car or not doesn't matter. Yeah. The only thing that matters at that point is my mechanic's ability to fix the car. Mm. Um, and so whether I'm sitting at home believing that he can or not, 
that level of faith that I have in my mechanic is makes no difference mm. whatsoever. Once mm. I've handed over the keys, um, it's it, it's him. He can do it. Uh, and I think that's a really nice analogy because it's mm. the same with God. Like, as you say, my my faith in God's ability to get me through a particular circumstance, to help me with a particular prayer, to be faithful to his long-term promises. Um, actually, the level of my faith really doesn't matter because it's the, the, all of the power is not in my belief mm. it's in his ability mm. um but like you said if i as long as you've handed over the keys yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and so uh yeah I, I guess that for me that's one of the little takeaways i think is you know hand over the keys mm. um you know as, when you're talking to god actually do um do you know have the trust that and then but it's not about my feelings and i think that's the difficulty mm. is mm. that sometimes i can feel close to god or not sometimes i can feel that he's working or not um, and the, again, just to kind of keep spinning off the mechanic idea, when I get my car back again, has he changed the oil? I don't know. <laughs> like, how would I know if he's changed the oil or not? Yeah, I yeah. know nothing about cars. Um, you know, but the car keeps working, so I guess he has. Mm. Um, and so there are, there are things that are unseen. Uh, and he tells me that he's changed the oil and he's done this. And he, but then there are things that he's, he has done that I can see. Mm. Um, he's changed the windscreen wipers. I can tell that. I can yeah. see that there are new windscreen wipers on there. He's given it a buff and a polish. I can see that. there. So there are observable things mm. that the mechanic has done. And the fact that he's done that well, the fact that he talks through the the bill with me really clearly and says, this is what I've done, this is what I've done. He shows me the bits that he's replaced. I took this off because you can see here it's it's all worn down. I'm going, mm, sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but there are the things that he can, there are things that he's done that I can see and that gives me confidence in the things that he said he's done that I can't see. Mm, mm. Uh, and it's the same, I think, with God. There, mm. There's examples in the Bible. There's examples in my life. There's examples in other people's life. Um, there are tangible things I can put my finger on and say, I know God is working. Mm. I know that he's real, that he's alive, that he is keeping his promises. There are tangible things that I can see. They're the windscreen wipers that I can see have been changed. Yeah. Um, and because I have confidence in those things, I can then also have confidence in the unseen, the bits that I, I, I'm not, I can't investigate. Mm. Um, but I can trust these things and therefore I've got good reason to trust the other things. I think that's what the writer of Hebrews is kind of wrestling with there. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's a, that a great and that, uh, extension of the analogy. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> um, Joe, thanks so much for sharing that message. It was really cool. Um, thanks, Tim, for joining us on the on the panel Pleasure. discussion. Um, everyone, unlike uh, Cats in the Cradle where he says, see you later, Dad, can I have the keys? How about you say, hey, Dad, can I give you the keys? Because I think that's a really cool analogy. So uh, we're going to, um, <laughs> one, one of the ways that we're going to um, uh, continue to be faithful is to talk to God now. That's what we're going to do. G'day everyone, just wanted to pray for us all, so why don't we bow our heads in prayer. Father God, we just humbly come before you um, as your children, uh, as people faithful in the church. Uh, we ask, Lord, that you would um, help us to open our ears and open our hearts. Uh, Lord, we bring before you the challenges of COVID. Um, we know, Lord, that it is a very difficult period at the moment for many, many, many people, uh, individuals, businesses, uh, it's just, it's, it's a challenge. Lord, we just pray for uh, some form of normality to be returned soon, uh, that the right health advice would be 
adhered to, um, that people will, who are currently in hospital for COVID would be um, taken care of. Uh, and Lord, if it be your will that we would get through this and out of this as soon as possible. We ask, Lord, and bring to you this sort of situation, which is so disruptive and so frustrating um, and just place it before your feet, Lord. We just ask that you can help us with this. Lord, we also pray for the people of Afghanistan at the moment who are going through a huge amount of turmoil. Lord, it's just it's upsetting and distressing to see. We pray, Lord, that your hand would be on that situation, that the uh, people there uh, would feel your love, that they would know you, that they would hear your voice, uh, that they would turn and have faith. Um, and we pray that, Lord, so that they would have comfort uh, because what they're going through is traumatic and difficult and challenging. And we just ask, Lord, that you would help them to get through this really challenging period that they're going through. Lord, we also bring before you the students who are doing the HSC this year. Um, although there's news that we they will be able to go back and complete their um, final exams, uh, this is in no way a great preparation for their final year in high school. We ask, Lord, that you would give them patience, that you'd give them wisdom, that you would help teachers to uh, coach them along and to do the very best that they can. Um, and Lord, we, we pray as well because we know that teachers would be just in general, very upset and distressed to see the work of these students after all their years at school um, be so disrupted. Uh, so we just pray, Lord, for the HSC students and the, the uh, schools in general, who I know are uh, having a really tough time. Um, please give them patience and hope. Lord, we pray for our church congregation. I'm certain that there are people who are watching, who are not watching, who are just in difficult situations, who are um, not feeling the best, whether in their head, uh, whether in their body or however, um, we ask Lord that you can guide them, strengthen them, give them faith in you, uh, help them uh, and, and just, yeah, work with them uh, to get through this period, Lord, because it is really difficult. We also pray, Lord, for our church leaders who have done a fantastic job of guiding us through this difficult period. Help keep them um, strengthened, help guide them, um, help them in the efforts to um, maintain and shepherd us. Uh, and we pray, Lord, that you would um, continue to gift them with um, all the effort and time that they need to, to do their, their roles because they have been a blessing to us all. We bring all these things before you, Lord, Father, and pray it in the name of your Son, Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bye. Thanks everyone for sticking with us and uh, we've really enjoyed having you along with us as well. Uh, we've just got a couple of announcements to make uh, that are church church applicable. Uh, Joy, do you want to start off with the first one? Yeah, uh, so on ooh, the 18th of September, well, September. Oh, man, it's, I was going to say October, but the year's going quick. Yeah. Uh, 18th of September, uh, which is a Saturday, which is in a couple of weeks, we're going to have our yearly planning meeting. We're going to do that a little bit differently. We're going to do that uh, online. There'll be information in the newsletter, so make sure you check that out. So 18th of September, it's a couple of Saturdays, not next, next Saturday, Saturday after, I think. Uh, details newsletter, be some stuff happening the week before as well, so we can get involved in many different ways, which is going to be really cool. Uh, so make sure you keep an eye out for that.
It's cool that we're still doing it, even though we uh, can't really meet together like we usually do for the plan. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a really important part of what we do uh, every year. And unfortunately, we couldn't do it last year, but we really want to make sure we do it this year. So, yeah. So make sure you get involved if you can. Tim, you would want to <laughs> announcement number two. Now, announcement number two. Uh, if you are around on Tuesday afternoons, we've got a cup of tea and prayer with Karen. So um, the details are in the newsletter, but if you want to jump on Zoom, uh, grab your cup of tea or your cordial, whatever it is, um, and just pray. It might be because you have something to pray for and you would like some encouragement in that. You can jump on with Karen and do that. Or it might be you want to go and be an encouragement uh, to others and pray for others' needs. So 4pm on Tuesday afternoons, uh, all the details for the Zoom link are in the newsletter. Mm, great mm. job on that announcement. Well, that's that's nice. much more professional yeah. than mine. Oh, <laughs> I've got some uh, mask issues. Uh, announcement number three, guys, is that there are two other podcasts that you might like to listen to that we're putting out. Number one is the Shock Absorber podcast where we're talking about the how and why of how we do church. Uh, right now we're talking about how we engage young people in the church. Uh, Tim's been on those, those episodes, which has been really good, some really cool discussion. We're breaking down the four um, views of youth ministry, which is a, a, a view postulated by a guy called Mark Center, and they talk about how they engage youth and how things should happen. We kind of say, no, there's actually a different way to do it, which is the intergenerational model. And the second one is, the second podcast is, Chip Punch podcast where we talk about growing up as Christians. We just had Daniel Darvell on, a 15-year-old, and the next one is uh, Bev, one of the, our older saints in the church. So we've got really taking the whole intergenerational gamut across the whole church. So if you're interested in that, check that out as well. Uh, also, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. We really appreciate it. Happy Father's Day to these two guys. And I'll say it to myself as well. Thank you. Um, happy Father's Day, Joe. Yeah, happy Father's Day, Joe. <laughs> thank you. Um, just and uh, thank you to all our families as well that have uh, our wives and our kids and everyone has encouraged us. We really appreciate it, and thank you that we get this day to talk about being a dad and celebrating dad jokes. So we appreciate <laughs> it. But now, for now, we'll finish up and say thank you very much and finish well. One way. One way.